It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about how to use emotional intelligence, sometimes referred to as EQ, to increase your profitability. And when we're talking about business leaders, which if you're listening, this is who we are, right? we're business leaders, and we really get to focus on profitability. Now, I know there are lots of things on our to-do lists, but it's either us or our boards, or maybe we have a, a CEO. If we aren't the CEO, we've got other people that are pushing on us to say, increase profitability of the company. And if you're in the nonprofit sector, I was just elected president of our community foundation and I serve on a few other boards. And so we're in the nonprofit sector. And if this is you, just replace that word profit with proceeds because in the nonprofit world, we do not speak about profit. We, it's called nonprofit world. We speak about proceeds. And it's the exact same thing saying that we're going to operate at a surplus. Now, that doesn't mean that we're lining our pockets with gold. Now, in some cases, that might be happening. But what it means is that we have enough to continue to operate and serve our needs. Whether you're in the nonprofit or the for-profit world, it's a very exciting time to be able to grow our businesses. Even with this talk of economic recession, whether we're in one or it's coming or it's been here, it just depends on what your outlook and your belief is on that. We could spend an entire show just on that. But the purpose of today is to use the tools of EQ to actually increase our profitability. So anytime there's a tool that can lead to profitability, I'm in, I want to hear it because one, I want to know about it for myself and for my businesses, but I also want to use it for my clients. And this is such an important tool. The thing about emotional intelligence, it's not like accounting or marketing where you're going to go to school to learn it. It's actually something we all have access to. We just use different levels of our emotional intelligence. So it's not like I have more emotional intelligence than you available to me. We all have an incredible amount of emotional intelligence available. It's just that some of us will never tap into what is available to us. And so the show today is about how to tap into it, why we would want to do that, and some ways to do it. So really important, you can get your notepad out and take notes. You can just mentally take notes. You can go back and listen to this again. I don't really care how you utilize this tool. The trick is to utilize it. So why is it important to use EQ? I'm going to tell you a little story about a client that I have. Now, this client, this is it's a guy. He is a really nice person, like very kind. I would choose him if I was... Look, if I was going to go away for a weekend and I needed somebody to watch my kids, 100%, I would ask this guy. And as far as he's the second in command at a company, and as far as running the company, if something happened to the person that was first in command, I would still, like, he could handle it. He would do okay, but for a very short time. The reason he would not be successful as of now in the long term is that he has a people pleaser, which means he wants, he really wants the people around him to like him. And that is getting in the way of him making some critical decisions. For example, he has an employee who routinely doesn't show up on time. His team members, this, this employee that he has, his, the team members can't count on this guy. When this guy shows up late, they're all like, yeah, of course he doesn't show up on time. 
So they all know that he's toxic to this company, but my client, he does not want to fire him. He doesn't even want to have a deep conversation with him about it. He is adamant about second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 10th, 15th chances. And it's getting to the point now where I, as, as his coach, I can't care more than him. All I can do is show him where his blind spot is and say, your people pleaser is getting in the way. Your employees are showing you that they are losing the lack of respect for you because you don't want to address the situation. And so what happens when that situation occurs, the, one of two things. One, the other employees, they just get so frustrated they want to leave because they don't want to work for a manager who isn't going to hold the line with another employee. Or two, the employees start saying, well, if it's okay for that guy to show up late, then I'll show up late. And so then all of a sudden the other employees start to miss deadlines, start showing up late to meetings or late to work, or just not coming in at all and thinking, yeah, the consequences aren't really thick or existent at all, so I'll just not do these things. And all of a sudden you enter into the cycle of death for business, which is a decrease in profitability. And if you look over the long run, that's why businesses don't succeed. So you've heard the adage, I'm sure you've heard it, where we say people leave because of their managers, not because of the actual work. They leave managers, not the company. Well, this is exactly what we're talking about. Now, this guy, again, he's a great guy, but as a leader, eh, he's not cutting it. And the reason is because his people pleaser is getting in the way. No, people pleaser, that's all EQ. How we relate to others, how we relate to our emotions, how we relate and make decisions, how we sell. Selling, my gosh, being a salesperson, that's a huge EQ role. Let me tell you about another client that I have. He is a phenomenal salesperson. I mean, this guy could sell ice to an Eskimo. You've heard that. I'm like, I'm all on these little uh, adages today. But this guy is really good at, at sales. And what, he, what makes him so great is he listens. So he hears what his potential customers want, and then he tailors that to what he's offering them. So he's really, really great at that. But a couple months ago, he hit a rough patch. And anytime that something traumatic happens in your life or in business, it can cause some challenges with your EQ. In this case, he had someone very close to him that passed away, and it just rocked him enough that he started to question himself. Now, last week, we talked all about creativity on the show, and we said that the number one thing that gets in the way of creativity is FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Well, this is what happened to this guy. So this number one salesperson, he gets some fear, uncertainty, and doubt that stepped in and he says, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And all of a sudden, every time he's in a conversation, he's questioning the words that he's saying, what he's hearing from the prospect, what he's offering. This fear, uncertainty, doubt is all around him. And so he is no longer performing at his best. And it all has to do with EQ. Well, the profitability of this company is starting to decrease because the number one salesperson isn't producing the way that he used to. I had another client, lovely client. This is a lady who, she is so much fun, but she had something very similar happen to her. What happened was that she was really performing at a, at a peak level and then she had a boss that came in and the boss really just wasn't as, uh, 
as top notch as what her previous boss was, was not as strong in leading her. And she started to think, perhaps it's her. Perhaps there's something with her that's a challenge. And it became a real issue. So this, this, this top performing person became about the third top performing in the company. And all of a sudden I got brought in as an executive coach to say, hey, could you support her in what it is that she's up to? Could you support her in creating the, the performance that she used to have? And she really, really struggled with that. It was a big challenge. So anyway, long story short, in this case, she ended up on the verge of getting fired from her company. It was either get fired or step up her game. And what ended up happening is that I came in, I worked with her a lot, she found her passion again, and now all of a sudden she's performing at the level that she wanted to at her job. But it took her a lot of work to figure out what was really going on. She'd had another scenario, just like what we talked about with the guy before that, where she struggled with understanding what was really going on with her. Her emotional intelligence had changed. And when that happens, that's a red flag because your profitability as a company is gonna slip. So if you see employees who normally are performing at a certain level, or perhaps this is you, you're normally performing at one level, and then something happens, but you're not really sure what it is, but there's some kind of trigger that says, wow, I'm seeing performance that's different. Perhaps it's time to look at getting some support, some extra tools, because these emotional intelligence tools, these awareness, that is really what impacts how we move forward with our companies and how we gauge our profitability and how we increase our revenue. So these are all really important to know. Okay, so let's talk about why emotional intelligence has an impact on these things. Okay, so if we're talking about sales. So sales is really about how we relate to other people. Remember the story I just shared with you about the salesman who could listen really well. Listening is an emotional intelligence skill. When I talk to people about emotional intelligence, they don't often understand the true breadth of emotional intelligence. Now, let's be honest, until I studied emotional intelligence, I didn't understand the breadth of emotional intelligence. But almost every area of business is impacted by emotional intelligence. That has to do with our decision-making, our hiring practices, our diversity, diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI, that is a huge buzzword in the business world right now. How we relate to people, how we relate to people that aren't like us, that is all emotional intelligence. Business opportunities that come up and whether we're a yes or a no, emotional intelligence. Everything in business has to do with emotional intelligence at our core, how we, how we approach business. And I can tell you as a business leader, Every single time I look at the roller coaster of my businesses, meaning where we've had the highest revenue and where we've had the lowest revenue, where we've had the highest profitability and where we've had the lowest profitability, and I can link it to where my team and myself are from an emotional intelligence perspective. So let's just look at that from a big picture perspective. What happened the last few years? COVID. What I can tell you is that when our team really struggled it was because we were in a lower period of emotional intelligence, meaning there were things that, that happened that caused us to pull back. 
But when, when we were reaching our highest levels of profitability and our, our biggest movement from new clients coming in, it's because we were at our highest levels of emotional intelligence. And so it's directly related to where we are. Now, emotional intelligence, I mean, people think of it as a ladder, but it, it sort of, to some degree, like you can climb the ladder, but you don't stay at the top rung that you're at. So let's say you, you have a ladder with seven rungs and each level of emotional intelligence, because you can peel, it's like an onion, you can peel back the layers. And once you get to layer three, for example, it doesn't mean you always stay at level three. You can always drop back to level one. And that's the piece that people miss. Because we have certain situations. What I have a mentor who says it's like being in the drift. Anything below the current level that you're at, it's the drift. And so when you when you aren't actively working on your awareness and practicing emotional intelligence, you you can walk back down that ladder. So you could be at the highest level of emotional intelligence, but guess what? You can always walk back down that ladder, which means you get to work your way back up, and that can be frustrating. But it is really important. And so we say emotional intelligence is like peeling an onion back. There's always another layer. One of the other things that we say a lot in emotional intelligence world, so a lot of the trainings that I do and the people that I hang out with in that, that world, we say tomorrow is a much bigger day, a much, much bigger day. And that's like nails on the chalkboard. Here, when you've worked your butt off today and then you realize, oh, tomorrow is going to be even harder. But the reality and what we're really saying is just like that. If you're on level six, tomorrow we're going to strive for level seven. And so we're always growing because there's always more to be aware of. Just like in peeling an onion, there's always another layer. And typically the, the side, the inside of the onion, that's the strongest. That's the most pungent. I did a lot of food prep yesterday. So we're working on eating healthy at our house. And I did all this food prep and I was really working on, uh, we use onions and green peppers and potatoes, all kinds of food cutting. And I cut up a bunch of onions. And when I got to the center of the onion, my eyes were watering. But when I was just cutting up on the outside, it really wasn't too bad. But as I got closer to the center and the, the just strength of that onion fumes, whatever it is in the onion, it really started to burn my eyes. And so I tell you that because you think you make one cut in the onion, but then the next cut is even stronger. And then the next cut, and all of a sudden your eyes are watering, but you've been cutting and you think, gosh, this has got to go away soon. But each cut is harder. And that's the same thing with emotional intelligence. So it's something that you get to practice because when you use these tools, your company can shine. Your company can shine. Now we're gonna go on a quick break and when we get back, we're gonna get into some specifics about how we can apply these tools into our business. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I'll talk to you right after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReason.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, 
you can broadcast from anywhere in the world, knowing your voice matters, and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Now, we just talked before break about how we can peel back an onion and we'll have the tools of emotional intelligence there for us because today's show topic, how to use emotional intelligence or EQ as a way to increase your profitability. So I am gonna peel back the onion for you in the work that I do. And I'm actually gonna show you some of the work that I do with my clients. So typically the clients that come to me, they are business executives. And what they're wondering is how do I grow this company in a way that I haven't seen before? So they come to me, when they want to reach a growth pattern or growth trajectory that they haven't quite reached before, when they've got a complex challenge in front of them, and when they've got a team of leaders that they're managing, that they just could use a little extra support in some tools to supporting their team. And so they come to me, and the first thing we do is understand the strategy and where they're headed. So when I ran my marketing firm, uh, ten, I ran that, that business for 10 years, one of the things that we did first was the exact same thing. We had to understand where we're going. And I do that today in my practice, my coaching practice, because how we move forward in anything in our trajectory is we've got to understand where we're headed. Now, we don't need to know, we don't need to even understand that this is the exact same spot in five or 10 years. This is where we're going to be because it really doesn't matter if we're exactly there, but we want to know the general area that we want to play in. So the very first thing that we do is have this clarity conversation that's really around strategy. And it's saying that as the leader, where do you see the business? And the other piece that we look at is as the leader, where do you see yourself? Because as I mentioned earlier, when you look at essentially my businesses too, every time that I have had significant growth in my businesses, I'm in a really great spot. But when I'm not in a good spot, my businesses aren't going to grow either. So I can show you in my financials, if you're interested, email me, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. But it, so 2020, my kids came home for COVID. They were here. We ended up homeschooling them for a year. My mom died. I took my, my dad, who was pretty sick. I got to support him and lots and lots of stuff. So I can show you where my business dipped because I, it wasn't that my team wasn't great. It was that I couldn't support them 100% the way that I had previous to being able to move forward. So there was a little bit of a dip. Then when I got things under me and I figured out where I could really lead the team, you saw that move forward. I'll show you that in another business. In when I was running my, my marketing firm, my youngest was born in 2012 and he had a ton of medical issues. And for an entire year, I took him to five to seven doctor's appointments for a week, every week, five to seven doctor's appointments a week for an entire year. It was crazy. It took a ton of my time. And in the beginning of that experience, the revenue dipped, the profitability dipped. But then I figured out how to utilize the team in a different way. And so that it wasn't really me that had to 
be running the entire team, how we could make this work. And all of a sudden you saw revenue go back up and profitability go back up. But that little dip is something that happened, a traumatic event. And so it caused that dip. So when I'm working with my clients, I want to know where they're headed. And our goal is that we structure the business so that even when those dips naturally would happen, we've built a team that those dips are cushioned. So they're not as deep as they normally would be. And so what we got to figure out is where are we headed that strategy? Now that requires an immense amount of clarity, an immense amount of vision. And oftentimes we forget that that's an emotional intelligence tool to be able to pull vision out of someone. Before I went and studied emotional intelligence, I knew that pulling a vision out of somebody was important, but I didn't necessarily have the tools to be able to do that. But emotional intelligence is about knowing that something is in our brain and that we can get it out by asking questions to be able to get those out of our out of someone else's mind. It's very hard to pull a vision out of yourself because you are human. And as long as we're human, we can't pull things out of ourselves the same way we're going to be able to support someone else. And so that's why being in partnership with other people is really important, especially when we're talking about emotional intelligence. One of the really scary things that's happened over the last few years with COVID is that we've been in a period of isolation. Even if your municipality or community or wherever you live is not done isolation for a long time, like where I live, we don't uh, exist in a world where we are isolated from COVID. We have actually, back in February of this year, we said COVID is over in where I live. Now, clearly people are still getting COVID. Clearly it's not over, but from a space of the municipality, we're saying we are no longer going to govern around it. Now, other places have done very different things, but what happened in my community is the isolation piece really changed. It meant that people could coexist in, in uh, buildings very differently than, say, other states or other countries where they really held COVID as something where we still had isolation. It wasn't until April where we could fly without masks. I was in Phoenix with my family when that, that mandate was released. So when we went to Phoenix, we wore masks, but when we came home, we didn't. My kids were so confused. They didn't know what rules to follow because when they walked through the airport, it's, they still had signs up that said, wear your mask. And so they did not understand. But the way I'm saying this is because isolation and hiding ourselves can really do a number on your brain. Your brain says, hold in, withhold when we see symptoms of isolation. So when we see people not wanting to be close to others, so that like the six feet rule, then we, pull, we naturally pull ourselves back. We don't share what's going on. And the reason that I share this with you today is because when we're talking strategy, when we're talking creating a vision, we can't withhold. We got to be all in. And so that is a really big challenge with a lot of companies where you just think about what was happening. The entire, everything we knew about business for most companies changed overnight when these proclamations are set saying, hey, we're all going to be isolated now. We're all going to, everything, all these factors are changing. And then over the last few years, now we're into supply chain issues and fuel surcharges. No joke. I have one business that has a trash pickup. Now, luckily in, in my other business, we don't have to do a trash pickup, but we have a physical location for this one and we have a trash pickup. The fuel surcharge is, is usually about $17. So they, we pay a service 
to have them come along and pick up our trash. And so we pay for that service. But there's a fuel surcharge, which is basically accounting for the price of gas. It typically is $17. It's been up to $40 lately because of how high fuel has been. Can you imagine that? Now, 17 to 40, it's not that significant of a change, but it is enough that it can make an impact. Think about that on a multitude of scales. I used to run a business with five locations. Now, if you take that times our trash pickup, all of a sudden it's starting to make sense. Like these numbers get to be higher. And so the whole point of this is that when we're thinking about strategy, we've got to really understand the impact of what's happening around us. And in this case, isolation, like that had a big impact. So when I was talking about strategy with people two years or even a year ago, the conversations we were having, we really got to think about how is isolation impacting you in this moment? Because your thoughts and your feelings and your ability to show where you're headed, where your company is headed and where you individually are headed is going to have shifted. And most likely it didn't shift for the better. And just being aware of that really allowed my clients to say, okay, got it. I see that this is having an impact. It's like a breath of fresh air when you have that awareness, because it's one thing to actually have that, uh, have an experience where, uh, something's occurring to you, but it's another one you think you have to hide it. And, and nothing really has to be hidden. We can have all kinds of conversations about anything, but really just when we give voice to the thoughts and feelings that we're having, and we have somebody else that can listen to that, that is really important. And quite honestly, I don't think it happens enough in business. And so when we have someone that can listen to those thoughts and hear those thoughts and put them out on the table so that we can figure out where we're headed, that's where we can just say, okay, great. We know that they exist. Now let's move forward. So that's the role that my client and, and me that we have together when we're doing these strategy sessions. And so we get rid of all of the emotional pieces of it and we can get down to where we're really headed. And that's how we use emotional intelligence as a tool for us. We, we hold the space to understand where we're headed. Now, once we understand where we're headed, now we say, how do we get there? Well, first we get to communicate where we're headed with the entire company, because most of the time, now I'm just going to take a, I'm just going to take a bet here. You're going to the one that's going to actually answer this bet. I bet that if you went to the people within your company and you said, where are we headed? Where do you think the vision of this company is? And you asked them. So just pick like 10 people within your company and ask them. Now be honest, don't lead them. Just say, where do you think we're headed? And maybe have them write it in an email back to you so that, that you're not leading them in any way. And just see, the goal is that those 10 are the same and they're exactly where you would, what you would say as to where the company's headed. But if you're gonna do that exercise, if you're gonna take that bet on, see where the difference is because typically there's a gap. If there's not a gap, you're doing an excellent job at communicating your vision. But remember, when my clients come to me, they don't often understand their vision. And so then if they, went, if they go and ask their team, of course, there's going to be a gap because if they're not clear in their vision, how is anyone else going to be clear on what the vision for the company is? And that's where we say, all right, how can we communicate in a way that others can hear? 
There's four different styles of communication. We've talked about this on the show before. I think it was maybe six months ago. If you go back through different show episodes, you'll see one on the different styles. We just did a show a couple of weeks ago on dominant personality types, dominant communication styles, very similar. And so you can look at that one as well. But there's four different communication styles. So then we work with my, my clients and I will work on how do we use emotional intelligence, which is saying that I'm going to speak in a way that others can hear me. Well, we gotta understand who the players are on our team. We've gotta understand where they're coming from and how they like to hear. Because once you understand how they can hear, then you can support them in really growing and moving forward. Because that's where challenges occur when we don't understand how people around us want to be communicated with. Think about in a marriage, it's no different than in a business relationship. One spouse may be more dominant, one spouse may be not. The one that's not finally says, I can't stand the dominance anymore. I'm over it. Same thing in business, that's why people quit. So once we understand these communication styles, then we can use them to support getting our vision moving forward. And so when I'm working with my clients, we understand the people around them. Typically I ask them to pick the 10 people around them, to understand their communication styles. And we really practice it, dig in and understand where they're headed, okay? So then, then we can move forward and figure out, well, how are we gonna communicate with our clients? We can use those same principles we just talked about with our employees, we can use them with our clients. So there's so much more, but that gives you the, the crux of how I work with my clients. It's first about understanding the strategy and the vision and how you can apply emotional intelligence there. Then it's understanding who's around you and how we can communicate with them. And then we go out into the outside world, how do we communicate with our clients? So that just gives you a little bit of understanding of emotional intelligence and the tools. We're gonna go on a quick break. And when we get back, I'll give you some very specific ways that you could use emotional intelligence to support you in increasing your profitability. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about how to use emotional intelligence to increase your profitability. Now, I mentioned earlier about decision-making and how decision-making is one of the things, one of the tasks 
that as a business leader, we are tasked with all of the time. And it's one of the things that is very costly to companies. It's one of the, the decision-making, I had a bunch of stats, of course, uh, if you look at the communication styles we just talked about, I followed the promoter controller range, which basically means that I, I know stats, I can find stats, but I don't retain stats the same way other people do. And I share that with you because I am well aware of it. I am highly aware of that challenge for me. And so if I had planned ahead of time to talk about this stat, I would set myself up for success and I would write down the stat in front of me so I would have it. And sometimes I do that for the show so that I know that when I can reference it, then I have it handy. But in this case, I didn't do that because it wasn't something that I planned on sharing with you. But because I have that promoter communication style, it means that I am flexible and can go where is required. And right now, this is the piece that I get to share with you on decision making. Now, why do I tell you all of this? I tell you all of this, but because I've studied my communication styles and I'm highly emotionally aware, which means that I understand how to set myself up for success. And I understand where I may have a stop gap or what we all refer to as a blind spot. And when I'm aware of that, it means that I can work around it. Now, as a leader, your job is to be as crystal clear about your blind spots and how to set yourself up for success as what I just shared with you. Because when, you're, when you know that, and when your team is aware of what your blind spots are, that's the second piece, you, your team gets to be aware of it, then you can be really successful. Blind spots are only a challenge if you don't know what they are. Now think about driving down the road and you've got your rear view mirror and you can see out, out the rear view mirror, but you've naturally got this spot where you just can't see, but others around you can see. So everybody else knows what your blind spot is. Now, as a coach, my job is to point out the blind spot, not from a space of anger or judgment or mean, it's not about that. It's about saying, hey, I see your blind spot because here's the reality. As a leader in a business, people do not want to be honest with you because they have risks then, they have risks. And so putting somebody else around you that will share with you your blind spots is really important. So make sure you have that person around you. So when we're talking about decision-making, I have some great stats on that. And if you're interested, let me know. I'll share those with you after I go and dig in. But decision-making actually is very costly for companies. Why is it costly? It's costly because we, we end up second-guessing our decisions, changing our paths. We end up taking our sweet time to make decisions because we don't think we have all the information. Or quite frankly, we make decisions that just aren't good decisions. They really didn't turn out the way we want to. And so they cost the company money. But you can actually learn to be a more effective and efficient decision maker. And I'm gonna tell you how to do that. Because again, decision making is rooted in emotional intelligence. So why is this important? Because if you wanna increase your profitability, increase your ability to make decisions. So making decisions, when we are making them, at the point that we're making them, the first thing we want to do is understand the question that we're answering. Oftentimes, this is where we're off. Remember when I told you how I work with my clients? First, we understand the vision where we're headed. Well, it's the exact same thing when we're answering a question. We have to actually understand what the question is, because oftentimes what you may think the question is may not actually be the question. 
Now, here's a little secret when I'm working with my team. When anybody comes to me with a problem, the first thing I do is say, what I hear you saying is that the problem is this. Because what I might hear is the problem and what they may think the problem is may be different. And I may think we're solving one problem, but it's not the actual problem that they want to solve. And so we've got to be clear on what the problem is that we're solving. And so that's the first thing. Understand that you guys have to be on the same page or you get to be clear on what the problem is that we're solving. So once you're clear on that, then we're going to go into what are all the possible paths to solve the problem. So if there's one problem and there's five different solutions, we might not like the solutions, but there's five different solutions, then we look at what are the consequences of each solution. So based on the consequences of each solution, we say, oh, I'm willing to pay that consequence or consequence. Sometimes I use the word price. So what are the prices for each choice that we might make? Which prices are we willing to pay and which prices are we not willing to pay? If you think about one problem, five solutions, different prices that we're going to pay with each solution, which prices am I willing to pay? And from there, there might only be two choices. And then we just say, which one am I willing to stand behind. And that's the choice we make. And we know that based on the decision at hand, we made the decision that was in the best interest at this moment, at this moment. And that is followed up by given new information, I might make a new decision and I might not. And when we're okay with that, knowing that we made the best decision in the moment with the information that we had, it releases us from this, should I have the second guessing? That stuff does not work. It also releases us from analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis is I'm not going to make the decision because I'm going to wait for more information that might change my decision. So I will wait, pause, and reflect. Now, in a fast-paced environment, that just doesn't work. So are there situations where we've got to do that? Sure. But in most cases, we can make a decision based on the information that we have in this moment. Think about if somebody was holding a gun to your head. I know, not a great visual, but somebody's holding a gun to your head and they're saying, make a decision now. You're not going to be in analysis paralysis. You're going to make that decision quickly. And so in decisions, we can make them quickly based on the information that we have. But if you want to release yourself from second guessing, you get to say, I made the best decision in the moment based on the information that I had. When new information comes to light, of course, I might have changed my decision, but I didn't have that information in that moment. No more second guessing. And when you use that tool, you are coming from a powerful place. Now, I'm going to give you an example. It's kind of funny, but it's about something that happened this morning before I hopped on the show. So I have three boys. They're 9, 11, and 13. My 9 and my 11-year-old, they're all so close in age that they, they tend to bicker. Now, if you've been around children of this age, like, this is not something new. It's like they're toddlers. It's the same, same bickering that happens then. Well, my 9 and 11-year-old, they're in the kitchen this morning. And my 11-year-old comes and he go, he's got his hands uh, kind of in his lower waist area. He's like, he kicked me. And he was, he was not happy with his brother. And then my 9-year-old, he comes over and he goes, but he used me as a towel to wash his hands. Now, clearly, they both are just screwing around. And I'm saying, all right, guys, come on, we got to get moving. And uh, today, they don't start school for two weeks, so they are home in a totally different space, but they are home. And I said, if you want to be on electronics today, here's how it's going to work. You guys get to get along. And in our house, we have a buddy shirt. And this buddy shirt is like an extra, extra large 
long sleeve shirt and it has you know, two armholes and then the body part and then one neck hole. And so we said, if, if you want to watch a TV show, that's fine. You can watch a TV show, but you have to sit on in the buddy shirt together, very close to each other. If you want to play on the Switch, that's their Nintendo Switch. If you want to play on that, that's fine, but there's only two armholes and there's one controller. So you two will have to figure out how to work the controller so that you can share it. Or you can choose not to be on electronics. I don't really care what you choose, but those are your choices. So the question, the real problem that we want to solve if we go through this decision-making tree, because this is exactly what they went through. So the, the problem is they want to be on electronics. That's their problem they want to solve. My problem is I want our boys to get along. I want our boys to get along. And so I told them the consequence for their fighting. That was an already established consequence was no electronics. But then I realized that doesn't really solve my problem of getting them to get along. All it does is not give them electronics. So I gave them the choice and I said, here's what you can decide. You can decide if you want to be on electronics, so either no electronics or you can be on electronics, but you got to wear the buddy shirt. So now here's their challenge that they want to solve. I want to be on electronics. So either yes, I'm going to be on electronics or no, I'm not. Yeah, if they choose yes, I'm going to be on electronics, it means buddy shirt. It means the prices that they're going to pay is I have to sit really close to my brother. I've got to be in relationship with my brother. I've got to sweat next to my brother. It's hot here in Iowa where I live. And yes, we have air conditioning, but they are going to sweat. So I've got to be in my brother's bubble, his space. And if I want to play my Switch, I've got to actually have one of my hands on the controller and one of his hands on the controller. And we have to work together to figure out how to play anything. So if I want electronics, that's the prices I have to pay. Or I could choose, no, I don't want electronics. And I just won't have electronics and then I'll be mad about it, but I won't have them. Well, that was what their choice was this morning. So they went through that, what is the problem? What are the, the possible paths that I could go? What are the prices or the consequences? And then they chose. Now, I have not seen them while I have been on the show, but I did hear that they chose the buddy shirt. I did hear that they chose to sit next to each other on a couch, very close. And I'll check in on them and see how they're doing in a little while. But I trust that based on the rules that we set forth, that they'll honor those. Plus, I have a little hall monitor down there, too. <laughs> my 13-year-old's my down there as well. So he'll tell me what happened. But I use this as an example because it's a simplified version of what we can use every single day. When we take some of those ups and downs and roller coasters out and we just look at how we can make decisions based on information that we have at hand, and we don't second-guess our decisions, we don't get into analysis paralysis. My boys could have taken all day to answer that question, but guess what? They weren't getting electronics until they answered that question. And so in essence, they were choosing no electronics if that was the path they had taken. So realize that when you don't make a choice, you're actually making a choice. You're making a choice of paralysis. But oftentimes we just don't even consider that a choice. We just pay the price for it. And that is the truth in all of our decision-making. When we don't choose, we are making a choice. We're still paying the price, but we tell ourselves, well, it'll be easier, or if I have more information, I'll be more successful. But the reality is the facts don't back that up. The stats don't back that up.
And so using emotional intelligence in our decision-making is critical. Hiring process, same thing. I've heard uh, a lot of people say, be slow to hire and quick to fire. Maybe, maybe. But if you've got a, a position that needs to be filled and you've got somebody who you're 90% sure is going to be a good fit, get to really understand what that 10% is in the way and what is the cost of not having somebody in there. And so perhaps it's not slow to hire and quick to fire, it's quick to hire and to train. You know, who knows? We get to look at your individual situation that you're at, but oftentimes I see companies hold back on hiring, don't pay enough time and effort into the training, and then they're quick to fire. So emotional intelligence all plays into there. Again, we're talking about decision makings. New business opportunities that come our way, people that are in analysis paralysis can't make that decision quickly, they lose out because the business opportunity is now gone. So it's really important that we can understand these, these critical paths to making decisions and we can do that quickly. We can work through that at a fast pace. Now, some people will say, I'm slow. I'm a slow learner, I'm a slow processor, perhaps. But again, oftentimes what that's caked in and baked into that, and what, what's really going on there is that they're hesitant to make a decision because they're second guessing themselves. And so they wanna understand all of the details. Speed, the speed at which we move, I'm not talking about how fast you walk. I'm talking the speed at which you can make decisions, the speed at which you can operate, typically is related to your emotional intelligence. It's saying that if you're somebody that gets stuck in analysis paralysis, somebody that wants all of the information, somebody that is presented with a challenge and takes a while to answer, what's actually happening is you're questioning yourself over and over and over again. It's that fear, uncertainty, and doubt that we talked about last week in what holds us back from our creativity. Same thing here. So it's really important that we can use emotional intelligence as a tool for our profitability because the faster that we can move and increase our efficiency, so we're not just moving fast for the sake of moving fast, but we're moving fast for the sake of creating results that are aligned with our vision. Remember, first we start with our vision, our strategic planning there. Then we communicate it and we move forward towards that vision. When we can consistently make decisions based on that vision, that's when we're going to create these results. And remember, some results, they're not going to be the results you want, but that's okay because we can look at what worked and what didn't work and then we can move forward. When we can see all of this as neutral, meaning we don't get angry about our results, then we can create massive differences in the world. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we'll wrap all of this up because you absolutely can use EQ as a way to increase your profitability. And that's all we're talking about today. So enjoy this quick break. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about how to use EQ to increase your profitability. 
And this is something that can really drastically improve your profitability of your company. It's something that can change how you operate your business. And it's truly about being aware and being very specific about what your vision is for yourself and your company and about how you're going to communicate that to those around you, yourself and your employees, your clients. And it's about how we move forward, excuse me, into that vision, how we step into that vision each, each portion of the way. Now, that is something that's really, really important. I want to pause for just a second, though, and I want to talk about something that is uh, really, it actually it impacted me a lot, especially over this weekend. And it is, uh, I got a note yesterday that uh, someone in my extended family had committed suicide. And I share that with you because as an entrepreneur, well, I think mental health as a whole is is something that uh, it's really impacting the world at a place where we just we've never seen it like this before. And uh, so I got this note, and I really didn't know this part. It was it was pretty extended in my family. I didn't know him that well, but I did know him, and uh, I knew his mother in law a lot better. And what I know is that uh, this family, this like the immediate family, they had just had another. Uh, another son commit suicide back in early spring. And so they have been hit really hard. And I, I even struggle for words for this, but I say, especially in, in the leadership role, I just saw a statistic about mental health and this one is from the World Health Organization. And so I tell you, when I wanna understand stats and, and analysis, I do remember these things, okay? Said so 74% of entrepreneurs are affected with uh, mental health to the point where they're questioning suicide. And now this, the person that committed suicide, he wasn't an entrepreneur, but uh, I bring this up because we're talking about emotional intelligence and in emotional intelligence, it can work both ways. It can work in a way where we can be confident and we can run after our goals and our vision. But sometimes we don't hit it. And just like we say, what I said just before the commercial break is it gets to be neutral. There are times when it, it doesn't feel neutral. When we miss a big goal or we fail, it hurts. It's hard. And I've had those moments. And even the most solid person, somebody super high in their emotional intelligence can start to waver. And I've had those moments too of saying, oh, is this really for me? And, and I have tied my worth to the amount of money that's coming in the door. That has happened. And and that's a tough place to be in because when you're winning, it's great. But when you're not, it's, it's not good. And if you were ever in a point where you're questioning your own mental health as a business leader, as an entrepreneur in any way, when you just don't feel like things are clicking the same way that they normally are, when you're starting to question yourself, you're, you're seeing that fear, uncertainty, and doubt creeping quite a bit, there are resources available to you. There is absolutely, if you're in a point of questioning from a suicidal perspective, the National Suicide Hotline, go there. That, that is a wonderful resource to be able to utilize. And so that's one. Another one is just talking to somebody and anybody. It could be a friend. It could be a neighbor. It could be somebody. It could be your doctor. It could be a coach like me. There's lots of different people that you could reach out to to have that conversation. And so, so do that. I know that it can be vulnerable, very vulnerable, but it will set you up so that you know that there's somebody else in this world that will answer the phone when you're when you're in need. Okay? So so that 
that, I want you to know that piece of it. So emotional intelligence, it's not all just about the highs, but one of the things, especially with my clients, I really caution them. And as we look through this and as we stretch ourselves to tackle new goals, know that the failure point, you're going to feel that failure too. And I want you to feel that failure when you're in a contained environment with someone like me, where you know that you're supported and you know that you can call and I'll answer the phone because when you're out in the world, you don't always have that. And so make sure that you have that. Make sure that you've got somebody that you can confide in, whether it's a partner, a friend, a counselor, a doctor, a coach, or whatever that is, just make sure that you have it. That's all I'm going to say about that today. Uh, just really understand that as you play any kind of big game in this world, anything that you're up to, that you're, you're stretching yourself, that, that that's a mental health is something that we get to be aware of. Okay. So enough harping on that, but I love you. I don't even know you. And I love you because you exist in the human race. And therefore <laughs> we get to be in partnership in this world. So next week we're talking about encouraging critical thinking in your organization. Um, so this will be a fun one. How to encourage critical thinking. One of the things that I, and we can talk about the, we'll actually talk next week about the uh, organizations and how education has changed. And we've actually dumbed down critical thinking, in my opinion, and the impact that that's having in companies. And it's real and it's big. So we're going to talk about how you can actually inject critical thinking. A lot of this is exactly what we're talking about with decision-making. Decision-making is a critical thinking skill. It's something that not everyone has the ability to do yet until we teach them the critical thinking skills in a way that they'll be able to make decisions. And once they learn it, then guess what? You're empowering them for whether it's your company or whatever's ahead for them. And so you get to be the spark to encourage critical thinking in your organization. So join us next week for that one. So talking about EQ, wrapping this up, how to use EQ to increase your profitability. EQ affects every area of your business. First piece, understand that EQ affects every area of your business. The next piece on that is to increase your level of EQ to the highest level possible, because when you do that, the others around you will learn from that as well. So they're all going to benefit. So think about that. Are you clear on where you're headed? Are you clear on where your company is headed? If you're not crystal clear, come talk to me, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. And then if you want to do that fun practice, figure out where everyone else thinks your company's headed. And if there's a difference between where they think the company's headed and where you think the company's headed, again, there's a communication gap there. We can work through all of that. Just let me know. It's really fun to be with you each Monday. We cover topics just like this. As you know, I'm an executive advisor and this is what I do and love to do. So if you have any other show topics or things you want to hear about, just reach out to me. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Kathleen Reason will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.